Welcome to Breakpoint. When a person builds a house, he builds a foundation, he lays bit upon piece upon work upon work and builds something. If we're ever meant to be anything that we're called to be, if we're meant to go high in what God calls us to do, we have to dig a foundation that's equal to the height of the building. The deeper and the bigger the foundation, the taller the building can be the more use for what God wants to do. So I'm actually building on a foundation that, that if you want to find the earlier parts to it, you can find it at breakpointbridge.com under podcasts. And I've, I'm, I've been working on a message on living from the inside out. Some of you will listen to what I say about now, and you'll think you'll get what I'm talking about. But I guarantee you, unless you go back and listen to some of the other ones, you'll miss a lot. Well, let me put it this way. When the scriptures, you remember when when Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and he said, you whitewashed sepulchers, you know, it was a pretty horrible sounding word to give to him. But what he said was, is that you've cleaned yourself on the outside, but yet you're rotten on the inside. Well, what he speaks about is how we end up trying to change ourselves. We're trying to change ourselves by doing something from the outside, thinking it's going to change how we operate on the inside. And we may wash the outside really well. We may dress up the things that we do real well. But the outside is a symptom of the inside, what's going on within us. What I mean by that is the symptom is just a symptom. In medicine, we try to treat symptoms all the time. You you have a cold, you try to make the things that dry up the nose and take care of other things like that. But the symptom is the virus itself. When we act out or we say things or we get mad or we do all the things that we do as human beings, if you curve the outside, yeah, it may not be seen by others, but the inside condition still stands. Wimber used to say something. He said that like when he's talking about adultery, he says adultery is just the consequence of the action. It was the outward expression of what was happening within them. And what he was talking about when he said that is people had things running in their mind uh, and they didn't deal with them on the inside. And what happens is it manifests sooner or later on the outside. Now, the message I've been talking about is spiritual gates. And unfortunately, my computer's broken, so the one I usually use for an overhead is the one I'm using. And in that, I had basically three circles. And in the center was the Spirit of God, and we said that very clearly that the kingdom of God dwells within us. I gave a number of scriptures that talk about that. And the idea is not to get more God in us, is to get God to flow through us. Because there is a battle, and it's a battle for your soul. If you have learned, as I taught earlier, on how to cleanse and open up the gates of your heart, where the first love gate to God and, and the faith gate and all these different gates then the presence of God fills your soul. Whoever rules your soul, soul rules your actions, what you do. So the battle is for your soul. In your soul is where you'll find a lot of things taking place. Either they're going to have a sin activity because of the things you've looked at, heard, or had done to you, or you're going to have a spiritual activity going in there from a demonic or from God, or you're going to have some value made that keeps you locked off from really becoming who you're called to be. Now, 
When I talk about changing the inside, it's not so you'll be a better person and be greater and feel better. That will be a consequence of what happens. But I talk about it for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that is to bring you closer to God and be a tool that God can use. I believe any other purpose than that is eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's a nice thing. It's a good thing. But it doesn't have the power, and it does not come from the right kingdom. So when I'm speaking to you about this, I'm speaking to you about being changed in your soul, man, so that you can experience the presence of God, have a closer walk with him and relationship with him, and so that people may see the glory of God flowing through you. Now, I have no, I'm going to teach this, and I can't say that I always flow in this. If you catch me on the freeway, you may see the other side of me that is not so sweet. <laughs> because I'm a human being, but I am working on some things that change what goes on within me. Those gates that I've talked about that need to be cleansed have to be done daily. Because there are things in our lives and actions that have happened and consequences and situations and things that we've done that have left residue in our spirit man inside that have to be cleansed out if we're going to be open properly. I mentioned to you that gates work one way. They either open for heaven or open for hell. The whole kingdom of God is showing you that there's the kingdom of God, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's no middle tree. There's none whatsoever. Now, the enemy would love to have to say there's plan C. There's a middle thing. And there isn't. Because God says, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. He'd rather you be hot or cold, either way. But he doesn't want you in the middle. There is no middle ground. There is no middle place. This soul that God wants to occupy with everything in him for us is the same place that Satan wants to occupy with everything. So the battle is for whether God will rule your inner man, the soul, or Satan will. No other choice. See, the kingdom of Satan is also called the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of man, uh, uh, all these other nice, nicer words, but they all really get down to the same thing. It's either belong to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. One or two, no other action, no other place. The actions that you have are based upon the dominion that goes on there. If God has dominion, if the Spirit of God has dominion in your soul, you're going to act a certain way. If you or the enemy or whatever you want to say has dominion in there, you're going to act another way. Plain and simple. wish it was more difficult than that, but it's just plain and simple. So God wants to wash those areas so his presence would dwell in there. Now, when I talked to you before, I, I talked to you about those different gates. And I'm going to try to tie some of those gates together and how they work together to give you a better idea. So that hopefully you'll go back and take some time and begin to cleanse those gates in your life. Begin to have the blood of Jesus cover them. To begin to repent for vows and stuff made. To begin to forgive people from the past. All those different things that God talks about in the scriptures of forgiving and not not gossiping, all these different things are different things that will mess up or put guards or locks on those gates so they don't operate to heaven, they operate to hell. So, daily, it's something that you have to pray. Daily, you're going to have to go in there and ask God to sanctify those things. Daily, you're going to have to work on those. 
It won't happen once a week. It won't happen by just thinking about it once. It's an action that has to change. Because you have to give the right to those gates to the king of glory. So, if your soul is full of God, passion for the kingdom, knowing and hearing God, conscious of God and the things that you do around, and you're kingdom-minded, something's been established in you. But if not, life will always be about you. That's probably the easiest way to find out who has rule in you. Is life about you or is it about the kingdom? If it's about you, you're eating out of the wrong tree and the wrong things dwell in there. But that's what I like to do. It is. We talked last week about passion. And I purposely picked to talk about passion that was not to do with God. Because we know, everyone knows we're supposed to have passion for God. But we're also supposed to have passion for other things. I told you, I have passion for fast cars. I love fast cars. You know? Uh, there's a lots of things that I have that we not think is a Christian thing. But I, I say to you and I speak to you that that God intended you to have passions such as that, as long as he's in them. Take them along with you. I mentioned to you that I used to li- I like watching movies. is another thing I like to do. And I used to have a struggle and a fight between that all the time. I just should be praying. I should be doing this. And God said to me, bring me along. There isn't this world in our Christian world. As long as there's this world and that Christian world, we miss. God wants to merge together. That our life in him and our life, in the kingdom, and our life dealing with one another is based with him in it and everything to do. Because he desires to be in it. If he occupies our spirit, our soul, then he will be. Because again, the promise of the new covenant is that he would dwell within you. That he would have you be his temple. It's not an idea. It's not a little seed. It's the truth. He dwells within us. His truth is he comes, if you ask him into your life, and you say, forgive me for my sins. I'm a sinner. Lord, I need your help. Come fill me. The truth is he comes and dwells within you. There's no other way. He fills you. He keeps his promise. And then he says, I will never leave you. Now, you can take a will and throw him out, but he won't leave you. I do not believe that thing once saved, always saved. That would be like saying, I said, I do to my wife once up on the, uh, uh, on the altar, and I don't the rest of my life. Well, I'm not married. <laughs> I may have said some words. If, you're, you're, if your commitment to God is saying a word or two, and it didn't follow up with the, the, uh, the intimacy later, it got annulled. You know, So you have to make a choice daily to follow him. And it's the choice that, is, that brings joy. It's the choice because that's what we're designed to do is to love and follow him. See, something's going to rule in your soul. It's going to either be your sin life or God's spirit. It's either be a demonic realm or the spirit of God. But somebody's going to rule there. You're going to serve somebody. Remember that song? You're going to serve somebody. It's the truth. You know? Huh? That may be. Sing it? Oh, yeah, you want, you want me to sing it, guys. <laughs> okay, if not, like I say, then you have the three Ps. You'll always try to prove, provide, and promote yourself. If you've got that going on, it's all about you, and you're always trying to prove who you are to someone else and, and figure out how everything can work for you and always trying to promote yourself, you've got the wrong kingdom 
dominant in us. All of us do. Me too. Every one of us. I have that going on me. But I have to know and I have to be willing to face that so I can see what's going on in there and ask and repent daily. Because we still have that old nature in us still. Don't know why it doesn't all go away. The kingdom is yet now, but yet to come. The kingdom dwells in us now, but yet we aren't finished. We have Until we with him in front of him, we won't be completed work. And, for, and we'll have a battle that goes on. Because he wants us to reflect his kingdom, not the other. Now, if you, if you could see that chart right now, you would see that chart, the center being God in you. And the first gate there was being first love gate. Then you see around that be the spirit man. That spirit man had several gates. It had hope. It had faith. Uh, help me out here. It had revelation. It had uh, uh, reverence. Uh, and I can't remember several of the other ones right now. Prayer. Yes, very. All those things. And worship. All those things opened up. When you sanctified them, I begin to show you how to do that would release the presence of God through to your spirit man and where he would dwell there. In your spirit man, there is other gates. And these gates were the ones that will bring you to the outward gates. And they are, anybody remember what those were? I'm going to have to look them up. Uh, I'll cheat. Yeah, that's the mind with your, with your uh, uh, subconscious and conscious. Uh, and what? Imagination. Imagination, yeah. Choice, good. Keep on going. Will, that's right. I'll have my cheat sheet in a minute. This is the thing I'm talking about, so, okay. So, so there is the God, there is the spirit man, and then the other gates here are the conscious, reason, uh, intuition, the mind, which is the unconscious, subconscious, and conscious. The emotions, choice, and will, and then the outward gates of what I'm going to talk about right now, what shows and what ends up out there. Where I'm going with this, as I've told you before, is I'm going to take, teach us how to actually do warfare through this. This is, this is, we have to do warfare within us to get the rights and governing rights over those different gates in our lives. But once we do, and when we learn how to release God's presence, what we learn how to do is with this proclaim things that would actually happen. And we'd be able to uh, have those senses lined up. So I'm going to play with those right now a little bit. Now, I'm going to take the first outward gate. I'm going to deal with the eyes. Now, all the gates, this is the natural speaks of the supernatural. There's eye, regular eyes and there's spiritual eyes, right? We have, we have both those. So I'm going to be speaking about both of those as we do that. Now, what do you see with your eyes? Have you noticed, if you've, if you've been around very long at all, or if you've been to a psychologist, he may take up an inkblot test. And what he does, he has some funny-looking inkblots, and you say what that inkblot is. And what he's trying to do is read on what's going on inside of you. He's trying to find out, okay, some of them, it's all about sex. Boom, boom, everything's sex. Somebody else is all about this, cars or whatever. Whatever's actually dwelling in there is, is some of the stuff that comes up. Because you see things based upon... What goes on inside your soul? Who's ruling it? And a lot of us have heard of different uh, uh, people that have gone had nose jobs. And they don't feel any different about themselves. Or lost weight. I can tell you, you know, when I was a little kid, I was really heavy. And then I got, I thought, I still was fat. I always felt fat. I was almost 6'2 and 165 pounds. I was not fat. 
But let me tell you what, I felt fat. Never stopped feeling fat. Still feel fat today. Always do. I've got some reason for it today, but I didn't then. But I saw myself that way because of things that went on within me. Now, my eyes, I could look in the mirror. Now, I actually have an improvement on some of it. I slim myself down to my eyes, and I make myself look younger. You think I'm joking? I'm not. <laughs> I do. I remember when my hair started. It was blonde at one time, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, really. And my wife says, it's gray. I said, no, it's not. And I swear to you, this is the truth. I looked in the mirror. My hair was blonde. And the funniest thing, I go get my hair cut and it fall on the floor. When it fell down the floor, I go, where did it come from? Because <laughs> it was definitely gray, you know. But I saw what I wanted to see, or I saw what was in my, you know, in my heart. I saw myself a certain way. Well, a lot of different things are in there. And the reason I'm using these examples is we see depending upon what's inside of us. It could be what our conscious thoughts are, our subconscious uh, I don't really, I'm not a psychologist, I don't even want to go there. But those things affect things. What has happened to you in the past affects how you're able to see things and how you're able to perceive God. Now, you can look out there and if your situation, you look at something and you may see everything's beautiful and somebody else may see every problem with it. Or like, for example, I have a, a, my brother-in-law is a painter. He comes in the house. Now, I look at my house and I think it's great. The paint job's good. He looks in there and can tell you every problem with every part of the paint job. His eyes are trained to look at those type of things. Some of us's eyes are trained to look at the negative in life. They've been trained by the hurts in life to see things in a broken manner. Now, there's a real problem when you see things in a broken manner. It's because you act that way. Where you're, so, so your heart goes, uh, there you go. I think it says something like that. I can't remember the scripture right offhand. But we see those things. So, if our eyes are, don't have the hope and faith fully open in our life, if those things where the presence is not coming in and filling your spirit, then what happens in there is you'll see things in the wrong way. But if they are open, how do you think you'll see things? You'll see God set signs all around you. Haven't you ever noticed some of the prophetic guys that didn't really get you? They'll, they'll, they'll look at something, they'll tell you something, you go, wow, I think he's imagining that. You know, he'll see a situation and they'll pull a prophetic word about it. Now, you also see the other people that everything's prophetic and everything's a spirit. And they spiritualize everything. That's not good either. But there is a thing, a way of seeing things and be able to see the signs that take place and recognize them. You know, you see a thing a certain way and you see hope in it. Or you won't. I, I've been trained in, uh, you know, in business. I'm an investment advisor and, and, and by trade in the past. And so I look at this economy and I go, whoa, baby, you're going to see depression. Now, we're going to see some turmoil, all right. Now, my other part of me that's been revived by the Spirit sees, sees opportunity. I see opportunity. There will be financial opportunities, but I see the opportunities for the kingdom there. See, because my heart inside has been changed in such a way that I end up begin to see things from his point of view. So to say it another way is when, you, when you're kingdom-minded, you're seeing from the kingdom point of view. And when you're minded from the world, you're going to see it from the world's point of view. They are, as we know, in direct opposition to one another. They are not the same. They do not coexist together. His ways are not the world's ways. The world's ways are not his ways. He is... 
he is very different from the world and things we say. And that's good. And that's why people think you're crazy when you talk to him about something. And some of you are. <laughs> some of you are crazy. But, <laughs> but you know what? With the stuff of God and the mercies of God, it's okay to be a little off. It's okay to be crazy. And it's okay to fail. And it's okay to do things that are not okay with everybody else. Because we have a God that's merciful and forgiveness. Why do I know that? Because God's spirit dwells within me. I don't see it the same way as other people. I was talking to somebody recently. And uh, let's see. They're not here. Too bad. Uh, People that always should hear something aren't always there. But they were talking to me about the things uh, they actually they saw in a dream. They perceived it one particular way when it was truly a different way. Because of the brokenness in this person's life, they could not see what God was trying to do. All they could see was betrayal, hurt, and everything else. Now, some of you have heard the same things. You'll hear people talking. You'll hear the wrong thing. And a good uh, counselor, marriage counselor, will say, have you repeat things. You know, now, honey, am I hearing you say this? Because very often people get off on their communication wrong. And over this area, there's a whole area uh, where the enemy has a rule and reign over communication. This area, We're breaking it. Broke it today on the way here. I spent some time praying for that. But I have to learn how to repeat things back sometimes, especially if things get off, especially if some, something spiritual gets in the middle of it. But, uh, honey, are you saying this? You know, are you saying that? Because all have heard things differently because of what's happened in my life, because of the different areas of my life. I'll hear it differently. So, if hope and faith is not open, then you may reason away with some of the things that God's shown you with the eyes that you're seeing. You know, in, in the garden, that's the first thing, one of the first things that happened uh, when, when uh, uh, Satan showed Eve the tree. She reasoned that it was good to eat. You know, it was good to look at, and so she took it. Reason is a very high place of warfare that the enemy uses. We reason our way out of faith all the time. We figure out why that's not true. And that's why God says, walk by faith, not by sight. So if your reasoning and your ability to reason is really good, mine is, then you have to deal with that. There's an area of battle going on. Who is going to rule? Who is going to rule? Is it going to be the reason in you and what you think is right and the way you think God's speaking to you? That's the way a lot of us get in trouble. I've had things in the past where I've heard God speak to my heart on things. And I did hear them, and they were valid things. But I reasoned because of my hurt, my desires, to hear something differently. It was the same word, but I I bent it a little bit. Not purposely, but I affected it. I filtered it a certain way because of the hurt and the brokenness that was in me. You see, and when you do that, you hear things incorrectly. And you miss what God's doing for you. And he may shut off the faith that God's working. Because that faith is one of those portals or gates that brings his spirit. That's in your spirit, man, into your soul. And give strength. But if the reason's in there, or 
spirit is controlling that area. Now, I don't, there, are, there is a spirit realm. They do have influence. And if you're going to find out where they dwell in a man, it's usually in a soul. It can be in a spirit man. And that's when somebody is demonized. Christians, some Christians don't think that can happen to them, but that's <laughs> guarantee it can. Guarantee it does. But very often is, there's different deposits of the enemy or even a, even a spirit itself that dwells in the soul. It causes you to see things differently and causes you to reason incorrectly. It causes the influence on that and it blocks your faith. When that comes, you have to decide which is the truth. Sometimes you have to take that mind and say, you know, his word, walk by faith, not by sight. His word is the truth. You remember his word, the one that he spoke heaven and earth into being? And, and everything that's in existence is based and rests upon God's word. So if that's the thing where it was created from and what it rests on, what is the true reality? The word of God, not the things we see and feel and do. Okay? So this reality that was spoken in there, you have to choose to believe what he said. And not what you think but what he said, and believe in him, and then you can see what it brings about. So let's play a little bit with this, some of this stuff. Okay, how about your imagination? Another one of the gates, okay? If your imagination has uh, uh, been polluted, if it's something that you saw, then it's going to change the way you reason, to change the way you think, and change the way you see things. You're going to see things incorrectly. It's just going to happen that way. There's... there's it has to be cleansed. Now, very often, our imagination is a very great thing. Some, some people were taught not to imagine. I'm sorry. They were taught you wrong. God uses our imagination. He blesses and he speaks through our imagination. Most of the prophetic guys I know and, and the things I move in, a lot of stuff I just, it seems like an imagination I see. Sometimes it is just my imagination. I have to learn to tell the difference. By practice, you learn to tell the difference, and I'll make mistakes, and you will too. But that imagination, if it is polluted, then it's going to show you wrong things. And your revelation gifts are going to be greatly diminished because of it, because you're seeing wrong things. Or if your imagination is used to replace God, because when you go and you don't want to spend the time pressing into him, then you begin to imagine and play around other things, then that's going to be a problem. Now, imagination is something very happens that happens with me when I pray. I'll start imagining something else. I'll go off on another route. And I want to add this to you, that that's okay. Just, oops, sorry, got back on track. You have a merciful God. So that imagination can change how you see things. Your mind, the emotions, the choices you make. Uh, uh, let's say your conscious and subconscious mind. Things you were trained, things that you took for, for uh, granted from your parents, uh, things the way you were treated makes you think this is the way you are. If that's off, if that's in there, and if you haven't dealt with those things, and that means a place of inner healing, uh, your emotions may be filled with fear. So what, let's say, for example, let, let's say something's really happened to you very negatively in the past that maybe uh, that causes you not to trust. Then it's going to greatly reduce your ability to see things. 
And I'm just picking on one of the gates right now. I can do the same thing with the ears and touch and everything else. But I, I just want to try to get across the need to deal with these areas. And again, the need not so you'll just feel better. That'll be the the consequence of of seeking God. If you seek God and his righteousness, he'll give you all the other things as well, it says. And it's talking about finances, blessings, and everything else. If your heart is set on him and you want to get well and you want to get closer for his sake, then it's a very good thing that he's going to bless what you do. That's one thing that I see with a lot of psychologists. They try to take people to get healed. I bring them to that place of healing, and they lack the power because they're going to the tree of knowledge of good and evil rather than to God. I came from a place I had mentioned to you before. I won't go through all this stuff and embarrass my wife, but of extreme brokenness. And I went after God just for him because that brokenness was in the way of me being with God and spending time with God and being able to move in the kingdom and move in the spirit and all the things. I wanted to get that cleaned out of the way for that purpose alone. And I didn't care what anybody else thought. That was my goal, the one after, and God blessed me. He healed me. It took years to do some of that healing, but he did. And there's more to go, obviously. But it took years, and I chose to do it. But it was for the right reason, for him. We live for him. But if we will it for him, the blessing is what he does for us. He gives us the rest as well. I mentioned to you that the, the, uh, uh, the passions that we have in our life are of God. And I, I want to do something just real quickly here. I just want to take just a few minutes, maybe five, ten minutes to do this. And I'm going to have you guys break up in groups four or five. Four or five. Six means you start a new group. Four or five. Four or five. Four or five. Four or five. Uh, those people. And what I want you to do, remember last week we talked about what was your passion? What really turned you on? And I said, you leave God out of it this time. Just, what do you like? You like riding bicycles? You like hiking? You like whatever? Talk about it. I want you to review that for a second. And then I want to, I'm going to ask you two things to do. First of all, is how would you bring God into that with you? Because that's, I guarantee you where he wants you to do. He wants you to bring God into it. You know, if you're a musician, he wants you to bring God into it. Not just for worship, for whatever else you do. You know, if, if you're a hiker, how would you bring God into your hiking? Maybe you may do that because a lot of people in nature really do do that. But how would you bring that in that? That would be the first question. And the second question is how would you affect others by it? Seek ye first the king of God, uh, you know, love the Lord heart, all mind, heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. The idea of a relationship with God in evangelism. Because I fully believe if you do what God's impassioned you to do, that first of all, you'll have a closer walk with him, and you'll affect the nations, you'll affect other people. Because if you can figure out how, how to walk in with him in the things that you do, and you may think, how can it? Like I mentioned, too, it may be shopping, you know. Uh, I can't think of a worse example. <laughs> but just kidding, girl. <laughs> uh, but God will do it. He'll go with you in doing it. He really will. He wants to be there. With That's the type of God we serve, one who wants to be in every aspect of our life. So how do you do that? Well, then the next question is how do you do that as a place of evangelism? How do you do that? There is a way of doing it. 
You know, I want you to figure it out. So groups of four or five can do it. And afterwards, uh, pray for each other's needs. Anybody have needs, pray for one another on it. So groups four or five, let's take a few minutes to do that. And bless you. <laughs>